Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Take a listen today to Filth and Carnage 2.0. Go in deeper with God so that you may learn, as Titus 2 tells us, that the grace of God will train us to reject all ungodliness, that we might live unto Him in this hour of history. Remember, this is a very redemptive word. Lean in, listen for you, and share with others. Love you all. Each of us has to make a decision to lean into truth, to invite the work of God, to come to take us into places with Him we've never been, in our thinking, our daily conduct, the way we walk. Now, in previous episodes, uh, I've talked about the filth and carnage that's coming. Those two words came to me from God months and months and months ago. You see, God considers the goodness of man, our self-righteousness, to be as filthy rags. And when he spoke this to me, uh, he said this was what was going to happen in the coming days. The exposing that must happen for there to be deliverance, for there to be a renouncing of all of the filth of our own attempts to be good enough for God, to be enamored with our good, to self-improve, to bring such things up into the house of God and to uh, intimate to the people of God that this is God's will, that you feel good about yourself and that you improve and become this and that. My friends, God has not changed his plan since before the foundations of the world, which is to have sons, fully maturing sons, in Christ and Christ only. When it is in Christ and Christ only, it means that it shuns the good and evil that came from the inheritance of Adam's nature. A nature that is completely consumed with itself, that believes that it's a better God than God, that is filled with the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye. My friends, God is not going to bring up into his house something that competes with the person of his son, Jesus Christ. So there has been a veil upon us, a veil that has Uh, literally come down upon the people of God, unfortunately, oftentimes, by the very preaching and teaching and lifestyles of those who are actually called to equip them to live in the fullness of the maturity of Christ uh, and into the, um, you know, full working of the ministry. This is what Ephesians 4 says. And so God is um, fully obligated as the perfect father that he is Uh, to expose this at its core. So when he spoke this to me, the filth and carnage, I knew what he meant because I'd had to see it in my own self time and time again. And the filth is my own goodness that begins to overtake, uh, that is so subtle, uh, and, and only the cross of Jesus Christ can come in and sever and cut in such a way 
as to bring exposure to it. And the carnage is like the open slaughter, that it is a devastating thing, and I mentioned this in previous episodes, where we are so disillusioned about others and about ourselves, but that is a necessary part of the deliverance that God is bringing so that we step into our true worth, value, identity, future, which is in Christ and in Him only. We are those who share in the life of God. The grace of God that has come to us is not a cheap covering for our sin. It is not God understands, and so therefore it doesn't matter if I sin. I know that God forgives me and all of that. It keeps us in a very cheap and shallow place. But the Word of God tells us in Titus 2, uh, verses uh, 10 through 15, It is basically telling us that the grace of God, the very ability of God himself to live uh, as who we are, uh, gives us the ability to shun all ungodliness. It says the grace of God trains us to reject and renounce all ungodliness and worldly passionate desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. My friends, we have allowed in the body of Christ the grace of God to be cheapened so badly that we use it almost in a way to keep living as though we're not even His as though we, you know, are just at some base level, you know, which I've said this many times before, sometimes it's almost like we live closer to the animal kingdom than to the kingdom of God, driven by our lust, our passions, uh, out of control living and and just throwing off all restraint. And, and, and my friends, God loves us so much. He is about to deal with his household. Because there is a house that God wants, and He is building it. And He is giving us opportunity to receive of Him the true grace. And oftentimes, people, the minute you start really teaching what grace is meant to do in us after the introduction to grace, then there is the ongoing, deepening fullness of grace. They begin to shout, legalism, legalism. No, my friends, it's not legalism, it's love. The deepening love of the Father that that gives us the very ability through the life of Christ in us, the person of Holy Spirit in us, to be our 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 um, trainer, uh, the one who will raise us from babies to full grown sons, just like He did with Jesus, is given to us, not as some you know ghost that just comes in and swoops in for an experience here or there. Oh, hell wishes that that's the place the Holy Spirit would remain in, in the church. But when the Holy Spirit is received as the one who pours out sonship upon us, enables us to cry out, Father, Father, Abba, according to Galatians 4, 4 through 7. He is poured out, he ignites in us the love of God, which ignites our faith in God, which ignites the very ability and grace of God, where he pours the butter and the honey into us, which is the love and the grace of God. So that grace, as it is 
is um, deepening within us and going further within us, as it says in Titus 2, 11 and 12, for the grace of God has come forward and appeared for the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind. It has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness and worldly passionate desires, to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout lives in this present world. You see, my friends, the grace of God causes you to be able to shun ungodliness, to shun it, send it away, renounce it. It's no longer of me. It's not I shouldn't do that or I can't do that. It's that I don't want to because I have a new life within me. That life has to be known, recognized, embraced, cultivated. My friends, we are in the process of maturing as his sons. We are continuing to grow in grace. And that grace, when it deepens, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. That's the introduction to grace. But the fullness of grace is that he said, but this grace that's in me is going to work harder in me than in anyone else. My friends, we are in an hour and a time where it is of absolute necessity that the filth and carnage be exposed and the fallout. The filth is the goodness of man that has come up in the church where we worship people. We go and watch people do ministry. Where is the igniting that those who are given fivefold ministry giftings come down off the high horse? We enter in for ourselves. We allow God to pummel us with his love and grace. We allow him to deliver us that we might become a wide open door for the precious people of God. God's sons. Jesus' bride. The church is his wife. And yes, we are his brethren. All of these statements, brethren, bride, sons, are attempting to use language so that it communicates the depth of intimacy, oneness, and intensity of relationship and fellowship that they are longing for. And that is why fivefold ministry leaders, in quotes I say, leaders are being dealt with as sons. And when they have not heeded the quiet, powerful voice of the Father inwardly, oh, he will send someone else to speak. And if we, because this was me previously, if we refuse his voice inwardly, if we refuse the voice of true brethren that come to us to implore us, implore us to return to the Father, to stop and to cease our sinning, our independent living, be it good or evil, from our Father. Stop living separate from Him, letting ministry become some type of God to us, that we resist Him so deeply, going deeper in the belly of the beast of the pride of man. We require our resistance to God requires of God to expand the circle of exposure that then it must be 
it must be then brought into a greater exposure. But it's still redemptive. Whatever it would take, as one who has been scourged by the deep love and discipline of the Father, because I required it of Him, I am saying this is why you're going to see things have to be exposed. Listen, if the Father could speak to us by a whisper and we would fall into His mercy and grace and let that grace train us to reject ungodliness and filth of our own goodness, that it would train us to reject worldly desires, to come into our truest desires, born of the Spirit with Him. My friends, we wouldn't require that our hind parts be exposed on the world stage. But if we resist Him and cling to things that we think are our life, like how others see us or ministry or whatever it may be, Oh, the Father loves us enough to say, you have required of me to have to bring exposure to this. And the fallout, my friends, yep, it's going to happen. But I am releasing in this episode right now, in my words right now, I release the full redemptive power of the cross. Father, come for your sons, whether they be known or unknown right? The infamous or the anonymous. For you love them each one, and you have called them to Christ. Let your grace, Father, cause us and train us to reject, to reject and to shun ungodly living. You see, ungodly means it's not of our Father. It's not of Him. Therefore, if we are one with our Father and we are maturing in our love with Him, we would shun it because it's not of Him. Not just, oh, I shouldn't do that. No. Oh, Father, come and cultivate as the master gardener, as the husbandman, as the one who is, has full oversight of your vineyard. Come, Father, and love your sons to the fullest measure that they may come to you with a reciprocal jealousy and a love that is born of you, that we would say, as those in generations previous to us, we have come to know the love that he has for us. Yes, we have. And no event on the face of the earth will convince us otherwise. No lack and no full supply. Neither will cause us to turn our eyes off of you. Oh, how we need this, my friends. Do not, do not stay at a distance. Invite truth into your life at its deepest levels. Embrace the full grace of God that will train you to your deepest parts. Live my friends, fully in this hour unto him and count nothing else as life. Let everything else, family, spouses, ministry, business, everything else, let it take its proper place because there is a proper place for it. But we must invite him to do this in us. We need him. And I pray that that need breaks forth then into want that you will not live according to some Christian creed or shoulds and shouldn'ts, 
and thou shalt. But that you will understand that every command of the Father that comes to his sons is an invitation to come and live like him. You're born of him. And anything else that's trying to operate in you, any soulish dung, any soulish thing that is trying to wrap itself around you and lead you astray, I pray right now the cutting power of the cross would come and sever you from it because you are spirit and would sever so deeply that once you are separated from it, you will see that it is not of him. Then the soul can take its proper place under, under the spirit and become the servant of the spirit. Never shall the soul be in ascendancy again once the cross has had its way, that the sons of the living God will endure in this hour whatever sufferings, whatever, whatever is required, Hmm? that we would stay with him by the only loyal life uh, ever, which is the life of Christ. But we now share in that very same life. And if the discipling that you're in is not discipling you deeper in as a son, my friends, ask yourself, what is the end game of the discipling that you're in? If you're not in any discipling, then I invite you in to the discipling of sons. I invite you in. Oh, come and follow him that you might live as sons in this hour. This is our time. This is our hour of history. This is our generation. And as all of the sons who have previously gone before us, male and female both, my friends, I implore you, I implore you, follow in their path so that the generations that are coming after us will have a path also to walk in, that we will have served the Father, we will have served our generation and the generations to come. Hmm? So, I pray this has provoked you to go deeper with him. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.